0: Hector Rodriguez, known online as Hex, is the founder and CEO of Optic Gaming, an organization that maintains some of the most competitive esports teams in the world. Through video games, Hector became part of an online community and built something unique and is now living the American dream.
1: I think one of my main messages as I, as I go through this is that, you know, I grew up in an era in which the internet wasn't a thing and the internet becoming the great equalizer that it did, uh, I'm a shining example of that because uh, with, with, uh, with true American grit and determination in trying to make something happen, with the soul of a Mexican man who uh, understand where he comes from and, and what his parents and the people before him have done for him, I mean there's, there's there was no way for me to fail.
0: Hector joined host Andrew Kaufman for a live conversation in the Bush Museum's Freedom Hall, where he discussed gaming, content creation, his journey as an entrepreneur, and even a few of his favorite eateries on this episode of The Strategist, presented by the George W. Bush Presidential Center.
2: Our guest today on The Strategist is a leader in a different way. We, we often have leaders on from walks of life, often, you know, government. But today our, our leader is from a, from the eSports world, even though really he's much, he's much more than eSports. He is a content creator, really. He is, at his core, someone that just lives his life, records it, puts it out there, and and people are, are really digging it. And Hector Rodriguez, Hex... That's also right. known better known as hex, thank you so much for spending a little time with us. thank this you morning. for the invitation so you are you are a content creator, but you know it all it started with eSports is that right
1: uh, it started with gaming, with gaming. Uh, eSports sort of happened uh, as the progression of uh, social media became a thing mm-hmm. uh, in the in the past fourteen years or so uh, you know artists who created this interactive world called a video game whether it 's Call of duty or any other games that you exist out there uh, what you sort of come across is the fact that um, developers who developed this this video game were artists and they created something where people were going to interact with this art world mm-hmm. they never expected for it to become a spectator sport which is what it's become the last right. Uh, decade
2: right and so when when you tell me your origin story so how did, how did this start like when did you start getting into this and when did you realize hey wait a minute this could be this could be more than just a hobby
1: well, in 2005, 2006, I was in the mortgage industry, mm-hmm. in the subprime lending uh, industry. And I was I was making a great living. Uh, obviously, that ended up uh, bursting. Sure. Uh, and every day after work, I would go home and decompress by playing a game called Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And uh, little by little, I started to become better at the game. Uh, and then I found a website called YouTube, which mm-hmm. had just launched. And I felt that I had some educational... Uh, opportunities there to teach people how to be better at the game, how to navigate the map, what weapons are better to use in, uh, in that video game. And, and that's where this sort of personality uh, came from, and, uh, and it's been developed uh, ever since.
2: You know, I like to think that I was, I was actually a little ahead of my time. So I, I was into gaming a bit in the 90s, um, and th- when the Internet was just moving from AOL and turning into... People called it Netscape then, but it was really just the actual internet. You know, we, had, uh, we were really into Final Fantasy. Like, that was our big thing, was Final yes, Fantasy. good and, game. And that was a fantastic game. And so we, uh, you know, we realized the music in it was great. And so we started trading um, MIDI files online so we could hear, hear the songs without having to play to that specific yep. part of the game. And it kind of, it grew over time. And, and it was, but we were doing that in the 90s. We never really figured out how to monetize it. We never figured out how to make it a business. In two thousand five, you're able to do that. Was that? Were you, how did you go from hobby to business? From hobby to jobby.
1: Um, yeah, I think I think it, it it started when the sort of congregation of this community that also played uh, Call of Duty started to mm-hmm. look for better ways to be better at the game and what they found is that not only were they being educated, but they were also being entertained Mm -hmm. uh, by a person that they've never met and through consistency and being there for them almost on a daily basis, you develop this relationship with people you have never met. You develop friendship with people you have never met. And it's a one, uh, it's a one way relationship both for me and the camera and both for them and their screen. Uh, And little by little, the eyeballs became so many of them that advertisers uh, as it often happens, wanted to, you know, advertise to them. Some endemic brands from controllers to headsets, etc. Uh, and then after that came the drink sponsorships, Pepsi's and the Chipotle's of the world. And that's how it happened. But, you know, out, out of pure passion, for two years, we uploaded videos to YouTube with no, no idea really of how to monetize it right. and no true path to monetize.
2: Right. You were just doing what you thought was fun and people enjoyed it, so why not keep doing it? That's right did you so when you look back when you look back at that do you have is there are there things that you wish you would have done differently now that you, with with you know 20 years of experience you not a single back, thing
1: not a thing not a single thing i mean i could go back and and uh be better uh i think that i would give myself i don't think i would give myself uh tips as to how to be better i think the explorative nature of uh of my path was what took me to where I'm at so for me to change any of that would deviate from me sitting here on this table right. talking to you right and I don't think that I would be brave enough to do something like that with something so valuable to me
2: what I, you said something interesting earlier that these games really are in a way their art and that, yes. and you know I think that was our core ethos too in the 90s we were like this music is it's real music it's not it might be bleeps and bloops from a synthesizer but there's a real composer behind that but you're You appreciate that art side, and and you're kind of an artist, too. I am. Is that... Not kind of, definitely. Definitely an artist. Tell tell me about your art.
1: Uh, Well, you know, as a kid, uh, our art programs in Wheeling, Illinois, weren't that great. Um, And they never... You know, teachers back then didn't have the same access to information as they do now with the Internet. So, for them, it was reading off a book. And there was no real evolution on how to best educate or best... Give a young artist a path to explore themselves within to then, you know, put something onto a canvas or a recording or uh, performative art. I mean, you name it. There really isn't any true way to allow a person to develop their inward artist outward so uh you know me driving around the the cities of chicago on the weekends i i saw art on the walls that was a little bit more appealing to me why i don't know but they, but it was as you know as art is and i realized that it was a person just trying to you know express themselves and let people know that he existed right it right. was more of a more of self-advertising and there was something about the 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 mythical nature of a young kid getting up in the middle of the night and going to go put their name up there. Now, of course, it's it's not uh, it's not right. It's you know defacing public property and all. But you know that led me to exploring my own art and imagination. I'm a visual person. I'm a visual thinker. I think in pictures and not in words. So for me, uh, learning was a little bit you know tougher. But I understood. Once I understood a concept, it was very easy for me to to succeed or to be good in it. What's well, uh, you know, there's there's
2: one thing that you have in common with the forty third president. It's it's uh, he's I don't know that he plays the 40, the uh, Call of Duty games, but he he is he's a painter also. And yeah. it's, you know, he's he calls it his uh, in a way as his, his next act. In that he he was uh, you know obviously president of the United States, but now he spends a lot of his time painting, and he's he's deeply passionate about it. And is that something that you would recommend to others? Is that something that you think really started? Or, or can, can anyone pick up a paintbrush and learn or pick up a uh, spray can and learn? Or is it, do you think, part of who you were to begin
1: with? No, I think I think everybody has a, some sort of creative being inside of them, uh, whether it's strategic business uh, maneuvers, uh, obviously creating a path to a result uh, takes a lot of creativity. And it's just a matter of putting that idea not only into action, but into a physical manifestation that others can look at, mm-hmm. hear, or enjoy.
2: So, you you mentioned you grew up in Chicago. I'd like to to go back in time a little more. What was what was your childhood like? What what was young who was young Hector?
1: Well, young Hector was born in El Paso, Texas, mm-hmm. in 1980. Uh, my mom was a care a caretaker in El Paso, but we lived in Juarez, Mexico. Uh, this is. You know, 1980, so it was a little bit, uh, you know, the, the ability for somebody to get a visa, a work visa, was a lot easier back then. Um, and my mom was pregnant and, with me, and she had me in El Paso, but I lived in Juarez until I was 13, and at 13 years old, my uh, my parents uh, kidnapped me and took me to the coldest place on earth uh, <laughs> called Chicago. From and El
2: Paso to Chicago. From
1: El pa- no, from Juarez. To, from Juarez, to, sorry. Yeah, Juarez. From Juarez to, to Chicago, and, you know, I was I was enamored by the the culture of uh of the you know midwest suburbs uh everything was just so full of life so vibrant uh there was there was many there was grass everywhere and where I was from there was no grass anywhere I mean you go to El Paso now and I have in the last couple of uh couple of months and you know there's this it's not as green as it is up north right and and uh and to me that was I'm I'm a nature uh guy I love being outdoors I love fishing um and you know something about it just like gave me something and you know the the american dream is always sort of embed, in, embedded into you as you're going there mostly by your parents mine at least who understood the sacrifice that they were doing um you know my dad leaving behind his mom my grandma and then my mom obviously you know same same with uh, her family so you know the the sacrifice that they made were was always embedded into you have to chase down the american dream you have to chase down the american dream um and I, I believe that from the beginning, I, I, I knew that I was going to be a successful businessman. I just didn't know how I was going about it. And I never knew that it was going to be off of doing something that you love doing. And uh, here I am. That's the best way to do it. Absolutely.
2: And, and you know, I, I love the stories of the, of the parents. You know, we, we've talked a lot to, to immigrants and their parents, first-generation Americans and, and folks that came over the, um, themselves. And it's you always hear the, it's the passion for the child and, the, yeah. and, and trying to give their, their kid a... Um, you know, the life that they never necessarily had. And and within one generation, you can go from being, you know, a caretaker to being a incredibly successful businessman. And, and you know, that, that's the American dream to me is, and, you know, reflect on that some.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's, uh, it, I'm a reflection of my parents' discipline, especially my father, um, a very smart man who If he had the same opportunities that he granted me by making the sacrifices that he did, I think that he would be in the same position that I'm in today. Maybe not in the same, you know, creative space or in the video game space. (laughs) Right. But I do think that, uh, you know, my mom, my dad, you know, very smart people, I think that they would have been able to um, be more successful in life according to uh, the standards that we put for ourselves uh, had they been given the same, you know, opportunity uh, that I was here in the united states
2: so let's you're you 're a creator we 'll we'll talk some more about gaming and creation but you 've got you 've got other creation it 's not all about gaming correct
1: you 've got a new project coming up i do it's uh it 's called idiots uh, so idiots so e a t i o t s <laughs> uh, just my friends and I goofing around uh, we're well not necessarily goofing around but exploring the culinary world of Every city that we visit uh, while also um, interacting with the graffiti, you know, culture there. So we go, we paint a mural uh, while exploring all the different restaurants that uh, that the cities we visit have to offer. We started in El Paso, which is obviously where I was born, um, as an American-born immigrant, which is what I like to call me because I did experience Mexico uh, uh, fully. I, I I come from a very uh, special culture when it comes to food and cuisine, obviously Mexican food and, and I mean let's not let's let's not downplay the impact that the taco just the simple taco mm-hmm. has had on, on, on culture globally, uh but also the intricacies that is Mexican cuisine, right? So we started in El Paso and then we moved through all of Texas, San Antonio, uh Houston, Austin and we ate Asian food, we had uh Mediterranean food, we had everything and that's I think one of the most beautiful things about uh United States is that uh the melting pot has allowed us to experience the world without having to travel across it.
2: Oh, that's it's so true. And food, there's nothing more special to food than fam- family. You know, these these recipes come down through generations. They come down over time to to be a part of. Our, our fabric here in the US, and that's it's you know, people like yourself, people like your family, and, and the recipes that, that everybody creates and we bring together. It's, it's a testament to why immigration and why America Why people is come upon. here. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and to follow the dream. That's right. You know, I think that's the most important part is that, that you're out there following the dream and you're able to make it happen. It shows kids today, because how many, I mean, kids are,
1: there's so many kids following you, I'm sure, right? Millions.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they all see someone that sat down and made it happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think one of my main messages as I, as I go through this is that, you know, I grew up in an era in which the internet wasn't a thing and the internet becoming the great equalizer that it did. Uh, I'm a shining example of that because uh, with, with, uh, with true American grit and determination in trying to make something happen, with the soul of a Mexican man who uh, understand where he comes from and, and what his parents and the people before him have done for him, I mean, there's, there's, there was no way for me to fail.
2: So at a at the risk of uh of spoiling the show, and at the risk of you know we don't we don't have any advertisers here. But uh, where where in Dallas should I go to eat for some really good food where, that I haven't that I probably haven't been to already? The Charles, the Charles, the Charles okay. is
1: my number one go to restaurant. Uh, it's a it's a fusion of American and Italian. Um, I mean, it, for me, that is our go to. Every single one of them. You know, it's it's, it's fine dining, mm-hmm. uh, but elevated fine dining. You can go to any steakhouse and have uh, a, a nice dinner, but I find that steakhouses are, for the most part, kind of boring because you cannot mess up a steak. A steak is going to be good. <laughs> right. Mashed potatoes with a little butter are going to taste delicious. Right. Now, if you go to the Charles, you can have a truly culinary experience that will leave you... I mean, I'm not advertising for them, all right? But it sounds like I am. But I, I, I tell that it, that is my favorite spot.
2: Oh, you said that without hesitating.
1: No, no. If you want true, authentic Mexican food from the region that I'm from, there is a uh, restaurant called Doña Maria. Doña Maria. Okay. Doña Maria, which is across the street from uh, the Texas Instruments building. Yeah,
2: and... over over off of forest.
1: Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. it's in a it's in a little office. Uh, what do you call those? Like little like a mall? Strip mall? Yeah, strip mall. Yeah, yeah. strip mall. Uh, hidden gem. Uh, I I go out of my way to go there. Dona Maria. Dona Maria for authentic uh, regional Juarez Mexican. Yeah, food. that's that's. It's so easy to get Tex
2: Mex in in Texas and Dallas and really probably across the nation, but to get true Mexican food is it's
1: harder to find. I thought it was going to be easier, right? I thought you know, moving from Chicago where the Mexican food is excellent, uh, and moving down to Dallas closer to Mexico, I figured <laughs> right. that with the amount of Mexicans that live here, that you know they would. Make something great, and it's been a little bit uh, tough to find. Uh, you know, luckily I've been here for five years, and I've been able to explore, and I've found uh, great. But you know, I always say that Tex Mex is one good hot sauce away from being great Mexican.
2: <laughs> I love that. So let's let's talk about your the business some more. Which you are you are founder and CEO of Optic Gaming. I am, um, and that is a that's a it's a real it's a business. It is a it is a true entity. How did it, how did it? grow into what it is today? Well, we, we heard about the beginning, and we've heard about the end point, but what, what happened in the middle to get there?
1: Um, I, look, I, I think that I was lucky uh, to be able to find something that I liked doing, uh, which is obviously playing a video game that, you know, I'm a very competitive person. And, um, and whether it was poker, basketball, football, whatever it was, I was always a very competitive person. And when I, was, when I found that I was able to, uh, to compete digitally against other human brains controlling a uh, <laughs> yeah. digital character, I just fell in love with the technology. I fell in love with, uh, what, with what it could be. And uh, the second that I got recognized once in, uh, on the street, immediately I was like, if there's one, there's two if there's two, mm-hmm. you know, and I just kept doing the math and I'm like, man, this is, this has the opportunity to tru- truly, develop into a, a sport. Um, and I chased that down. I've been chasing it down for 16 years. Uh, you know, through, throughout the course of, of my career as, as, uh, as this sort of, uh, digital or new media entrepreneur, I've been able to find a way to monetize what I love doing. All of my hobbies turn into jobbies and, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I, I do I do think that what i 'm working on now is a lifelong project uh, that i 'm still working on that people like to watch and be a part of, and therefore there is eyeballs and therefore advertisement um, and I'm going to do this for the rest of my life so I hope that people are ready to take a long journey with me.
2: So for those of us you know some of our listeners might not be familiar with esports and, sure. and they hear oh, you're watching people play video games like mm-hmm. wait wh- there's how many people that watch people play video games? What's the what, what is the state of the industry right now?
1: Um, a I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a, an accurate number for Call of Duty which is a call it a second to third most popular e-sport in the mm-hmm. world, all right? Um, and I guess the the easiest way that I can I can present it to someone who has never watched somebody else play video games and they say, "Well, why watch somebody play video game when you can uh, when you can just watch you know, when you yourself can play video games." So it's the same thing. Why do people show up to basketball games? Why do people go to AT&T Stadium to watch the Cowboys play when they themselves can pick up a football and play? Uh, it is the affinity of People wanting to see people do their best in a thing that they too are enamored by, right?
2: That's that they're passionate about. Yeah, my you know my dad, uh, rest his soul, told me growing up over and over, you'll never make a living playing video games. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I was just a little ahead of my time. Yeah, because it turns out you can you can make a living doing what you're passionate about, regardless yeah. of what that so you is. You can only be patient for so long. Right. 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 So we are we are doing something new here. That we are in front of a we have a live audience here, a small audience, but uh, we've got some folks here that have been hanging out. This this gentleman, do you know this this guy? No, I don't. You don't know this guy. Come on up, man. Do you, what do you, what would you like to uh, ask Hector? Come on up here. If you would like to. Yeah, you don't have to. No but. pressure. But, you know, you, you look like you've got the, here, take the mic, do this, let's do this. Yeah, so like I was saying, I don't, I don't necessarily have a, a question, I just want to say. Um, I've been a fan since Black Ops 3, um, I met my kind of like core group of friends, my gamer friends then, um, they turned me on to competitive COG, that's why I've heard about Scump. heard about you, just been a fan for forever, you know what I mean, I just appreciate everything you've done.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks, man, appreciate you. Thanks so much.
2: You know, and I, th- I think that's a, that's a part of it that you mentioned is that there is a community. And do you hang out online with folks? Like for folks that aren't into this world, like how, how are you building this community with people you've never met?
1: Uh, pick up basketball is mm-hmm. the best way that I can explain it, uh, in which you from your own chair can plug into something and then everybody gets piled into this, uh, this court of sorts and everybody has an objective and they try to make their team win. And uh, through that, through the communication of uh, strategy, through the communication of, um, you know, just random friendship that happens on there, that's how you've been able to communicate with them. And uh, I think back in 2006, when I first started doing this, I think when I spoke to somebody from London, it was the first time that I was like, wow, this is like a global thing. Um, And since then it's developed into something truly global. So do you play, uh,
2: do you only play like, you know these these games competitively, or do you ever sit down with a Nintendo Switch and play Mario
1: Kart? Not my thing. Uh, Zelda would be probably like the last game that I played where I wasn't trying to beat somebody else because mm-hmm. the it. competitiveness that you need. Yeah, I mean, you could beat the game faster than somebody else, but you know, if you, if, if I'm decompressing, I'm just having fun. I, I don't play video games. Uh, I just sit down and draw uh, mo- most of the time. Uh, but if I am playing, it's going to be a competitive session yeah. for
2: sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing Zelda now. That that is, you know, I find it. I find it zen. You know, there's a zen to it of where you're exploring this world that you don't live in.
1: Not only exploring the world, but solving intricate problems
2: uh, with a
1: timer and there are repercussions if you don't complete it.
2: Yep. Uh, there's another guy that's that's hanging out here. You, is there something you want? Would you like to ask something to uh, Hector here? Uh, Born and raised here in Texas.
1: Uh, been a fan since 06. Like I said, you, grizz. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, yeah. Like, introduced me to like a lot of stuff. Um, 29 years old. You know, he was a female. I've seen you then. before, yeah. yeah. Uh, my daughter, she's one now. I took her to the first event in, uh, uh, a year ago. Yeah, and, like, you loved it you know that's how I came to see how you doing oh thank you man you appreciate know, it. Oh. this is a different setting for me <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you inspired me to basically chase like, my dreams of streaming and like, doing content good so, like, you was one of the that, thank you man that's awesome appreciate it just a just a young man uh, that that's chasing down the dream of streaming and competing thanks man appreciate you
2: so you're at this is your first time at the Presidential Library.
1: Uh, this is my first time in this beautiful place. Yes. Why? Why are you just now getting here? Come on, where you been? Um, I like I said, I turned every hobby that I have into a job, and therefore it requires my time. <laughs> and which is why we're really appreciative that you're that you're giving us some of on a features. Saturday. Saturday is when I go to my mom's house to eat the best breakfast ever. Uh, but I'm, I, you know, Ken Hirsch, who is a business partner of mine, a uh, and you know he he asked to see if I'd be interested in you know. I don't say no to Ken Hirsch. <laughs> Neither do I. He's
2: my boss. So, you know, <laughs> that's a, that's a, we have that in common too. Yes. Uh, so, you know, before we let you go, go on to your mother's house and, and get some of that wonderful Mexican food, we always ask our guests kind of one last, one last question. Uh, it's one of two, and I'm going to let you pick. Sometimes we pick, sometimes we let you pick. So the question, you can pick one of these two. One, what has, you've said you've done, you know, a thousand podcast episodes yeah. and, and you're, you're always creating content. But what has no one asked you that you wish you, they would ask you or, you can answer that, or you can answer, what are we not talking enough about as a nation that we should be talking about?
1: Oh, um, I think the second question you just asked me, I think it's a longer, uh, a longer podcast because there are many things that we could be, be doing better but uh a question that no one's asked me before i i, I don't really know I, do i dream in spanish or i dream in english and the answer to that is neither i think uh, as i said i'm a visual person so uh I, I i dream in pictures and never do i or not often do i hear people speaking in either language well, I'm looking forward
2: to Idiots. Um, I'll be watching that. I saw the trailer for it. It's a great production value. It looks like it's gonna be really. Thank cool. you.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm touring the country and hopefully the world soon uh, with two of my best friends who uh, who are you know world-renowned graffiti artists and artists just in general. Uh, in every city that we visit, we paint a mural, uh, interact with the community there, and uh, try and eat as much as we can without uh, killing ourselves.
2: <laughs> and uh, how do we, how would uh, someone go watch Idiots?
1: uh optic nation uh if you go to optic com, which is our website you'll be guided through the process into how to watch it august 21st
2: perfect we'll we'll be watching then and i look forward to hearing more reports i'll be i'll be checking out that mexican restaurant
1: please do doña maria and the charles if you really want to have the most incredible experience uh they're part of a, a a suite of hospitality uh restaurants and they have several and i you know, my favorite one is that one. <laughs> Hector, thank
2: you again. Or, or Did I call you Hector or Hex? I should have asked this at the beginning.
1: Whatever you want. I, I respond to both.
2: Hector is... Dude, one. hey. <laughs> hey, man. hey, they all work. Hey, guy in the, fa- in the fashionable suit.
1: Very nice look. Thank you. I do like my fashion. Very nice to meet you. Thank you.
0: Learn more about Optic Gaming at OpticGaming.com. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Let us know what you think at the Bush Center on your favorite social media platform. Thank you for listening.